Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren. Mr. Dave Martino has made it back from Boston. Yes, I survived. Driving a sewing machine from (laughs) Boston and back. He never got run off the road. No, it came close. There are people drag racing on the way back, and oh, it's crazy. Yeah, but that was you in your <laughs> three-cylinder sewing <laughs> machine. My little three-cylinder car. Dra- drag racing with everyone. Yeah. You know. Three and a half cylinders, okay? <laughs> and, they're, and they're going, oh, my God, Grandpa's is <laughs> car. Yeah, it sounds like a sewing machine going into over. You hope you didn't overheat the, the motor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was afraid of it, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so you still? How long are you going to keep doing that karate thing? Oh, forever, as long as I can move. Okay. (laughs) Well, it takes you a long time to get over it, but now you're going to be laid up for a week. Not a week. I'm I'm basically back to normal. Took a couple days. (laughs) It's a couple of days now, but it was more the driving than anything. Yeah, it's tough when you're old driving. A couple hours in, trying to find my way. You train for a couple hours, and a couple hours back. It's, It's you know, it's almost. So I can't, you know, a little bit you more than You drive it day. every day, and now you whine about it. Yeah. <laughs> I you got know your old it. when. Yeah, you exactly. know your old when. <laughs> well, now, speaking of, of, of driving, no, uh, we've got returning author, and uh, she's got another new book out, and she's going to give you the step-by-step guide uh, to finding your path to publication. So, Judy Penn Schluck, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. How did you get uh, into this type of a book? This is not exactly what I, I didn't expect this for you. So what, what, what was it about publishing that made you do this book? Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I've been 
my first book was published in 2015 um, by a traditional publisher, not one of the big fives, but a, you know, a, a well-recognized um, press mystery um, uh, writer of America approved uh, independent publisher. And uh, then I had another book published by a, a, a publisher in British Columbia. So I had two series, two different uh, publishers thinking, okay, if I do that, then I'll be safe because you always hear these stories about, you know, people whose publishers have folded and then they, they're orphaned is the term that's used. And so I thought, well, that won't happen to me. But haha, it did. Actually, both the publishers ended up closing. Um, so, well, the one is actually in BC is still in operation, but only publishes her own titles. And she had been in business about 14 years, but then just decided it wasn't for her anymore, I guess. After they published your books, they both closed. Yeah, that was it. She's like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and then the, the uh, MWA-approved publisher, um, she was terrific, but there just were a lot of family things. And so she, again, had been in business quite a long time and just um, shuttered her doors. I mean, I was lucky in both cases. I was you know, got my rights back. I was paid my royalties owed and all that sort of thing. But anyway, so that happened. And then I ended up thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just going to start my own publishing imprint, which I did, uh, Superior Shores Press. And that's worked out really well for me. And in the meantime, I've had, um, you know, my books picked up by uh, Harlequin, which is a division of HarperCollins, uh, for the mass market um world. So I'm sort of with like a big five. I'm all on my own. I used to be with a traditional uh, small press. Anyway, so I've sort of got some experience with all that. So I've learned since 2015 to today how different the publishing world has become. Um, but what I learned was that uh, 2022, I guess, I did a, a presentation for my local library uh, on um, NaNoWriMo. So are you aware? Do you know what NaNoWriMo is, Al? No, I don't think so. Okay. So a lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. So it stands for National Novel Writing Month. And the idea is that in the month of November, you write 50,000 words. Uh, so basically 1,666 words a day. And if you do that, I don't know, you get some badges and whatever. It's, it's just mainly a way to kind of kickstart projects. Uh, I tried it, I think, three times and never gotten 50,000 words a month. I just don't write that quickly. Um, you know, I think I'm fairly prolific. I've had like nine books out since 2015, but I can't write 50,000 words in a month. I don't know who can, but I guess people can. Anyway, my library said, listen, if you failed at NaNoWriMo and we're having a presentation about it, maybe you could talk about how even if you don't make it, you can still be, you know, a successful author. Ha ha. So anyway. I went to the presentation, but what I learned was that nobody really cared who wrote 50,000 words. They, they wanted to understand how they, how, how will I get published? Like, how do I get published? Do I, do I go to, you know, how do I get an agent? How do I um, go? Should I get to go to a small press? What happens if I want to self-publish? Like there was so many questions and I, and so I, I I answer them to the best of my ability, but I realized that um, there really weren't any, books per se that covered everything. You might find one that covers some things, but you won't find one that sort of covered all the different paths and and honestly and realistically, you know, like let's face it, most authors aren't making Stephen King money, you know? So um, but people still think that that you might be, you might be able to, right? So anyway, that presentation uh for NaNoWriMo led to me um 
that led to the library asking if I would do a presentation on publishing paths. So I said, oh, sure, yeah, whatever, why not? So I did did this PowerPoint, and um, gosh, they had like 100 people there. The library couldn't believe it because, you know, it's like a small town. Um, so really, there's there was a huge need for it. So when I finished it, um, I thought, okay, well, that was, that was fun. You know, got paid a little bit of money to do it. I'm, you know, good about that. And it, then I got thinking, well, you know, I'm a total pantser when it comes to writing my mysteries. Like, I have no idea who did it, why they did it, um, or anything. But I thought, I've got an outline. Imagine that. I've got this PowerPoint. It could be like an outline for a book. So I uh, I thought, I think I, I maybe there might be a need for it. So backtracking, one of the ladies that had been to the presentation and has been kind of following me, uh, along since, you know, I probably did a presentation at her library a few years back. Um, Emily Nakef, she, um, I, I, she's an editor and I, she's also an aspiring author. So I contacted her and said, what do you think of this idea? And would you be willing to be my frontline editor so that every, cause she's my target, target demo really. Right. So would you be willing to every, uh, week me send you a section and you send it back and say 10 or 14 days and we just keep rolling until it's done. And, you know, so she said, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'd love to do it. Anyway, worked out a, you know, compensation package and everything, everything good. So that's basically what we did. Um, and, uh, and she was fantastic because she's quite a bit younger than me. I, 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 I'm like, I think she's in her mid thirties. I have not seen my mid thirties for some time. Um, so she comes from a different generation and she's, so she's, she looks at things in a different lens than I might. Right. And also the fact that she's still at that wide eyed optimistic, she's pitching her book for, um, to, to agents and that sort of thing at this time. Right. So she's sort of a good demographic for me. And she also was really good about sort of pointing out things to me, like, Terms that to me, make, like I understood because I, I've been in the business for a while, but she would, she didn't understand. So you know how it is, right? Like if you know something, you assume everybody knows it. And yeah, they really don't, right? So she kind of helped me not dumb it down so much, but make it more accessible. So anyway, that's how it kind of started. That's a long answer, isn't it? Well, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but so I can see how it can get started because, you know, you learn a lot when you're going through it. I know I have, and it's like every book you, you have published, whether it's independent or even major label or even self-published, you end up learning something usually. Anyway, I, Absolutely. you know, there's, there's always something you go through that you, and, but, um, why actually decide, why decide to actually publish a book on it? Like, what was it you're hoping to, uh, to get from it well i guess you know for me like before i became a a mystery author i was a a freelance journalist so i really i missed i i i don't necessarily miss that life of you know always getting looking for the next story the next story the next story um but i enjoyed the research and the, the the factual writing and i missed that a little bit so for me it was kind of fun to get back to those roots um, you know, I did a ton of research, um, uh, you know, to make sure that I had like statistics, there's statistics in the book and, you know, I had, I had to contact, um, make sure that those, those statistics, statistics could be shared, uh, you know, get permissions and, uh, interviewed people. So for me, it was, um, 
sort of getting back to that. And, and also I thought in a way it was, it was a way of sort of giving back because I, I really wish when I was starting out, there had been a book, something like this, that, that could have guided me. I mean, I, I definitely made mistakes. Um, if, when I look back at my, my, my publishing journey, I mean, there, uh, there's definitely things I would do different if I was to do them again, which of course you can, you've made the mistake. I mean, you hopefully learn from it and move on, but um, so in this book, I try to keep things really real, like really help people manage their expectations and what they can expect. Um, for instance, you know, prior to coming on um, live, we were chatting about, you know, the, the big five publishers or, you know, how they get a lot of the, the market. And it's absolutely true. Like um, the major bookstores, um, the 90% of their inventory comes from the big five. So why why are the New York Times bestsellers bestsellers you know mostly big five? Well, because ninety percent of the books sold in the bookstore are from the big five, right? So if you're if you're looking at it at wanting to approach one of those stores as a small press or a self published author, you've got virtually no chance. So um, so I I I, I spell that out like you know if this is important to you, then this path isn't going to be for you, right? Because you're not going to you're not going to get that. You're not going to see your book stacked in chapters or indigo or you're just it's just not going to happen if you're independently published. Um, I, I mean, I guess it happens rarely, but it's so rarely it's hardly worth a mention. Um, so I, I just try to keep things real. But then, you know, um, I also try to explain that. Um, you know, just because you're with Big Five doesn't mean you're going to sell a lot of books. Like I, one of the statistics I learned, which surprised me, was that four to five um, authors that are published with one of the Big Five do not earn their royalty back. Four to five, like that's it's crazy. So people assume like authors are making all kinds of money, but the reality is that very few are making much you know i i think one of the sisters in crime survey they were saying you know i think about 50 percent of authors made less than a thousand dollars in a year like <laughs> <laughs> those are kind of sobering statistics right you know there are people that are you know there were people interviewed that made over a hundred thousand so there there is opportunity to to earn but um i think there's a bit of a um i think a lot of people have false expectations when it comes to um you know they like writing books and thinking that they're going to they're going to get rich you know and I, I would tell people no if you you know if you want to earn a living then go go work at timmy's and you'll make, <laughs> That's not you'll a make living. more well. than you know writing books probably but there's, there's a know? celebrity attached to being a published author i think that that yeah. um is what attracts because even when they're musicians and they're new and they're they're not making any money at, in the beginning stages and even when they got a new song out or whatever it's a lot to pay for so but there's a celebrity attached and i think that's what it's people true. are thinking you know and it, and it's true i mean there there it, it there's no question that that is part of it um and that is fun i mean you know really i i know like say i'm golfing and i'm you know, I, I golf in a league where I golf with, you know, you get your a different different people every week, every, every, I mean, sometimes you'll get the same person just by happenstance, but there's like 130 people in the league. Chances are you're playing with some, you know, three different people every week. 
And, you know, inevitably, what do you know, what do you do? And, you know, like, I'm an author. And like a lot of people like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it's true. You get a little bit of like a bit of a shine to you. That's kind of fun. Uh, (laughs) You don't get that if you say I work at Timmy's. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I work at Timmy's. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. So in that, you know, you're right. There is that little bit of a a shine, which is fun. But um, Anyway, and I, I don't know if that answered your question, but I just I wanted to write it. It seemed like it would it would be fun to write. I enjoyed the process when I was finished um, finished writing it. And Emily had finished, um, you know, back and forth with her. I had my regular editor um, read it through, and she's also been with publishing for years, so she you know gave me some insights. And I had some beta readers, and anyway, I think overall, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a really good book. I, I think if somebody is cons- wanting to get published and really doesn't know which path is right for them, this book can help them. And I, but I think it's also for, you know, there's authors that have been published like I was with a small press and then have been orphaned and they don't know what to do. Like they're completely at, at sea. Right. So this is kind of a, another thing that can say, here you go. Here are your other options. Like, you, you know, the world doesn't end because that publisher closed. You have other options. Um, so, you know, I, it, I, I hope it does some good. I hope it helps people. Is there is uh, there a chapter in there about sleeping with people to get your book published? <laughs> no, no, there isn't. I think you, when you get to my age, that's actually probably a deterrent. Like, oh, God, who wants to <laughs> that point where, where that would really be anything that would get somebody's attention. <laughs> well, what's the most frequent question you get about publication when you do when you do these speaking engagements? Uh, people want to know about royalties, like the you know royalties, and and that was one of the things that Emily didn't understand because I had put in you know when you're with a, you know a traditional publisher you'll get an advance i mean those advances can range from a 100 bucks to you know if you're harry the prince harry it's like probably five hundred thousand or whatever but you know it varies anyway and so one of the things is well if you if you don't earn out your advance in other words you don't sell enough books to um to, to make up that money that they paid you in advance you don't have to pay back your advance and she was like well, is there like a timeline? Like, what if you don't earn it back in three years? I'm like, no, like that's your money bonus for, you know, you won't get any more money. Like they're not going to pay you if you're not selling books, but you don't have to give that money back. And that's a, a surprise. Like a lot of people don't know that, right? Um, they also don't understand the royalty structure. They sort of figure, okay, the book, I always give the example of say the print books because eBooks you make a little bit more, but print, you know, like a book, a print book that sells for like $19.99, say which today a lot of them are even selling for more paperbacks 23 24 bucks um but you know you have there's the cost of the paper um the bookstore has to make money the distributor has to make money if you have an agent they have to make money if you have a publisher they have to make money so the bottom line is on a 20 dollar book the author might if they're lucky earn a buck 50 yeah i don't think people realize that they they assume oh the book's 20 bucks I must be making 10. Well, not, not in your wildest dreams. So is that ever going to happen? You'd be lucky to make two bucks. Lucky. Yeah. So I don't think people realize that. And, and I don't think they realize how much everybody kind of takes a piece of the pie, you know, piece of your pie. So 
you know, like Amazon, depending on the price of the book, um, let's say it's a, say it's a, uh, an ebook, a Kindle, and it sells for um, $10.99. So over $9.99, they take 70%, 70% um, of that sale before you see a penny, right? If it's under $9.99, then you, they'll only take six, uh, 30% or 35%. So, but still, People don't really realize that these, <laughs> of course, you you know they're in business to make money, but somehow you don't really equate it to they're going to take my money, right? <laughs> 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 and they're they're take someone else's money. They're not going to take my money. So, um, so I don't think people really realize that, and they're always kind of awestruck by that. Like I, and and, and it's just keeping it real, though. Like you know, but I always say, hey, when I see a book. And the cover says, you know, uh, a million copies sold. I say, I say, well, even if they only made a buck a book, they're a millionaire. So, um, so really, it's volume, right? And, and and I don't think people really realize that either. So, so I guess, um, yeah, royalties is a, a, one of the big questions. And then, and the other big one is like, how do I get an agent? You know, how do I get a publisher? You know, what do I do? And um, so that's the other sort of big. That's when we get into the sleeping with people chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always tell people, like, you know, you have to treat it like a job application because that's what it is. You're applying for them to buy into you, which is what an employer does, right, when they hire you. Um, so you have to treat it that way. You have to, you know, e- explain um, why you know, why your book is the right fit. Why are you the right fit? Because it's not even sometimes just about your book. It's also, you know, what they think that you will do um, as an author to promote it. I mean, the days of um, authors being sent all over the place on these book tours to all these different, you know, I'm sure people like Louise Penny, it still happens to, or, you know, but the average author, no, you know, you're expected to do, you know, most of the heavy lifting, if not all of it. So, uh, you know, they, they're going to want to know, do you have a social media presence? Do you have a website? You know, are you willing to go to conferences? You know, lots of different things like that. So I think it's just preparing people for the reality that, um, you know, once that first book is out, like you can take 10 years to write your f- first book and you have that luxury. Uh, but once that's out, unless you want to be a one book author, you got to you know, now all of a sudden you've probably only got like six months to a year to write your book, right? And, and then it's like that, sort of like a bit of a treadmill, right? Like some of the, like some authors like Linwood Barclay, he's writing two books a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it depends, yeah, on your publisher. How do you, how do you select a publisher? And, and I say this because there is a difference. And I find that nowadays I'm finding a lot of the smaller, more independent publishers have a real lack of knowledge in what they're doing. And and I'm surprised that people get into that business and they really don't know anything about it. Like they're learning as they go. And so if you're a new new person getting your book published, I don't I don't always think that's the best best way to go. Well so one of the sections in the in my book is on um independent um, publishers. And I break them down into um, categories. So I have the micro, um, the small, the medium, and the large, right? So the micro would be basically my, like Superior Source Press is my imprint. 
it would be a micro imprint. I'm, I'm basically just publishing myself and I do um, an anthology. I've done three anth- multi-author an- anthologies and I have another one planned for 2024. So, um, but I'm not publishing any other authors beyond that, those multi-author anthologies, right? So that's what I would call a micro press. Basically, it's a one person band and if, and whether by uh, death or desire, if, if I stop being part of it, that's the end of the pub the press, right? There is no more superior source press because it's me. So that's micro. Um, and then there's small. So small is just like one step up from micro, which is, okay, I'm a micro today. And I decide, you know what, maybe I want to branch out a little bit, right? Now I don't, so don't please anybody out there. I'm not interested, but anyway, just say I decide. Yeah, everyone sent her an don't email. Be said it. <laughs> but anyway, just say, I, hard just to say get. I wanted to expand then I might take on maybe five or six, maybe 10 authors, but maybe I'd start small, five. And um, and I would just take on just those five authors, and that would be, now I'm small, a small press, right? So I'd probably be farming out the, I'd do the editing myself, but I'd probably farm out the cover art and the, you know, whatever, maybe I would do the layout, but still, you're still basically a one person band. Maybe it's a two person band, but you definitely don't have like a lot of paid staff, might be a husband and wife deal, something like that. Right. Um, So, and then the medium has, it goes up one step above that. So now you've got, you know, many more authors um, and now you've maybe got a bit of a staff, right? So you might have um, an intern looking at submissions. Uh, you might have somebody doing the accounting work now. So you've got two or three employees, say. And then the the final, the large, the large independent would be like a Dundurn, which is probably the closest you're going to get to one of the big five, right? You're not quite big five, but you're you're close, right? So, you know. Again, the layers, right? So I, I agree with you. Um, both the, the presses that I was with, I would have considered to be medium presses, and yet they both folded. Um, so there you go, right? Um, because what happened? Well, there's also a lack of knowledge. There's like a lack of was, knowledge. There's a publisher I was talking to that has maybe 20 authors on his label. And I know that um, he was talking about something, and I said, well, have you published in, are you in through Ingram Sparks? And he goes, no, what's that? Oh, my. And I thought, <laughs> wow, you don't even know what that is. Of course, I'm not going to say that. No. And I'm not going to say his name or who he is or what company he is. But that that scares me just for the fact that, yeah. okay, he's got, you know, 10, 20 authors that are basically working for him in his label, and he doesn't even know. Yeah. that well that's what i mean and, and you're absolutely right and again i do i do go into that the print on demand the ingram spark um drafted digital also does it now um and are kind of making a bit of a name for themselves in that way um but i do talk about like i do list those publishers i talk about how that process works um and again yeah like i would say you know it depends right like for instance most people the dream is to get an, you know, New York City agent and, you know, get the get the big publishing contract and, you know, be in chapters. That's what most people's dream is. The reality is that most people aren't going to achieve that dream, even if their book is really, really good, because there's just only so many slots. Right. So 
then the, your other options are you can go hybrid, which is, you know, like a freeze-in type of thing where they, you know, they do everything and you pay them to do everything, right? So you're independently published, but you're paying them to do all the heavy lifting, basically. It can be really expensive. I think it starts at around three grand and goes from there. Um, so that, you know, that's... That, feel, that feels kind of cheesy, but... Yeah, you know, um, but some people, that's what they they feel is right for them. So not everybody... You know, so some people just like, you know, I want to self-publish, but I just don't, I don't want to learn how to do all the things that you have to do because there's a lot to it, right? So they hire these these uh, hybrid publishers. You have to be careful because there are some vanity presses that are just, um, you know, they're, they're not very uh, honest, I guess, is lack for lack of a better word. Um, so you do have to be careful, but there are some, there are some reputable ones which will do the work, but it is expensive. Like you pay them for everything, like every, everything. Um, everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So again, it's, I think the base price is three grand, but I would suspect that in most cases you're spending five to $7,000 to have your book published by a hybrid press. So I do cover that also in the book because some people, that's what they want to do. So 
um, you know, if they've got the money and that's what they want to do, that's their, their choice, right? Um, yeah. But- yeah, I, but I feel that's kind of, um, whenever I see it, if, if I get approached by someone on one of those presses, I almost never put them on the show. Hmm. Am I am I bad? No, uh, I mean I always think because I always think of it as vanity. Well, there and there are you're right. There are vanity presses. There's absolutely are vanity presses. Um, but um, the, a good a good um, hybrid publisher will have there's criteria that's actually published. I have it in my book, and um, but they'll tell you the things to watch out for, um, the things that, that that the must the must haves on the list, and one of those must haves is that they that they don't accept every single book that is that is given to them. Okay, so that is that is sort of the key. So if you go to a publisher with the worst Drek in the world and you know it's Drek and they take it, they're probably you know they're definitely a vanity press, but a good um, hybrid publisher will say. We can't publish it as it is. You're going to have to have, you know, professional editing, and of course they're going to charge you for that. Um, and so, you know, maybe you should get that done first and then see. But uh, anyway, a good hybrid, uh, authentic hybrid publisher will um, will only publish things that they've vetted that that they feel are are worthy, so to speak. Um, and there are some there are some legitimate ones. Again, it's just really really expensive to go that route. Um, and you know, that's, uh, but again, if that, that's some people feel that that's the way they want to go. Right. As far as the small press goes, I like what happens is uh, there's still a stigma against self-publishing in a lot of, uh, circles, like certain awards won't accept, um, self-published books, uh, Mouse Domestic, um, the Agatha Awards, they won't accept self-published books. So for some people, the, the, they, they want that option that recog- that chance of recognition and so they okay they know they've lost the dream of the big five they don't want they don't have seven grand to spend on hybrid they don't want to self-publish because they don't want the stigma their only option is going to be a, a, an independent publisher right and so they'll start with the dunderns and then they'll get rejected from there and they'll go to the next, the next. And then before you know it, they're with the smallest of the small who don't know how to do anything. And you're right. Like I, I have author uh, friends. Like when I worked, when I was at uh, Crime Writers of Canada on the board, um, you know, I, I met authors who had um, had contracts and, you know, they ended up having to pay for their own cover art. Well, that's just ridiculous, right? I mean, what's the point of having a publisher if you got to pay for your own cover art? Um, but they did like they like they didn't realize again they didn't realize what they should be looking for and that's another part of why I think the book is important is because uh, it tells you okay if you're going to go with a small press these are the things you need to look for and these are the things you've got to avoid like the plague right and so it just it just puts it into um, just really honest uh, really honest terms and a lot of it again I learned myself the hard way you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have anybody telling me, Judy, watch out for this and that. I just, you know, I just sort of blindly went where I thought I could go. <laughs> just it, you know, I'm, and there were mis- definitely mistakes made, but. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You end up sleeping with people. You should, <laughs> <shouldn't>. <laughs> and, well, and or approaching you, people yeah. and them laughing at you. Ah, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just part of the, I guess, with anything, you know, but it, it hurts people's pride, you know. Um, so 
So what is the biggest mistake people make when they um, publish a book? I would say whether it's searching for an agent or self-publishing, it's putting your book out there before it's ready, right? You've given yourself a deadline, okay? I'm going, I'm retiring at 55 and I'm going to write a, and I'm going to write a book and I'm going to ha- it's going to be published when I'm 56. Right. And, you know, so you guess what at the end of the year, it's not ready, but you, you think it's ready or you, you don't really, you don't get it critiqued. You don't get professional editing. I always say that to people like, you know, say, well, why should I get professional editing? If I'm, if I'm going to go to a publisher and they're going to pay for editing, why should I have to pay for editing? And I always say to them, because they get so many submissions and yours has got to stand out. So you only get one kick at the can. Like if they turn you down, that's it. You're done, right? You can't go back to them and say, oh, sorry, I I got a better version now. It's too late. You've lost that chance, that opportunity. So, um, you know, I would say like pay for professional editing. I mean, I'm an editor myself, but I pay others to like this book. I, I pay two editors and a beta re- I paid one of my beta readers um, because I value that professional editing. I think it's important that um, that that you have that. And I and I always sort of say to people, you can, you know, you can take all kinds of, you know, writing courses and try to improve your craft that way. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But if you hire a professional editor, they're going to help you hone your book and the way you write and you can learn from it so treat it like an education it's like a bit of a university degree you know a bit of a college education um and and for you know you don't have to leave your home <laughs> it's even better <laughs> <laughs> well what type of editing uh does a writer need because there are, there are many different types. There are very many different types, and it really depends on the writer. So, and I do go through that. I do discuss the types of editing in the book as well. So, there's developmental editing. So, if you're, you know, you're still sort of trying to figure out your, your, um, uh, basic over overarching, you know, view of what what should, uh, you know, what should happen or transpire or that kind of thing. Um, that's, that's one. Um, then you, you could have like copy editing where they're just looking for sentence structure, um, that sort of thing. Right. So there's, you know, there's different types depending on where you are. So I would say when I was early on writing, like probably when I started writing my first book, 20, I guess I started writing in 2013. Um, I hired a developmental editor because I had a, I had a good instinct for what the book should be. But I didn't really understand the story structure or any of that yet, right? I mean, that's something you learn as you go. Like now, I, you know, it's become it's almost second nature. Like, you know, not to say that it's formulaic, but you know, okay, this is, you know, I've got to have this sort of beginning, middle, end. I've got to. This is what I do, got to do to get there. Like in the beginning, when you're just learning, you're, you know, you're just kind of spewing out all kinds of ideas and hoping something sticks. So I think early, early. Um, writers um, can really benefit from a developmental editor um, because they, you know, that's, they're still learning a lot. Um, Once you're, once you're further along, like, um, which I I like to think I am, my editor is more looking for, um, you know, sort of uh, things that I, you know, again, things that I I think are obvious that, that they're going to be able to say, hmm, no, it's obvious to you, but 
it, it might not be obvious to somebody else. So they're looking for that or they're, they're sort of saying, you know, I think, um, like with, with my, my last, um, novel before there were skeletons, uh, the, my editor said, uh, you know, I, I would recommend moving your chapter three to chapter one and, and because the, the story will flow better. And I was like, that's crazy. But then when I did it, when I actually did what she said, because it was just a recommendation. I mean, they, a, a good editor will not edit, like not say, will not rewrite your work. They're just going to give you suggestions. You can take them or leave them, right? So, but when I did that, she, I was like, you know what? She's right. It is better. Like it, 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 because I eliminated some backstory, you know, like I, I have a, you know, a bad habit of kind of starting with a bit too much backstory. And a lot of authors make that mistake, but she kind of pulls me away from that. goes, Oh, bad girl, too much backstory, you know, <laughs> and, and gets me back on. So it really depends where you are at, in your, um, in your writing life, as far as um, the type of editing and, um, and then I, I always think it's important to have a proofreader because honestly, um, even after, you know, so many reads and whatever, you will find, um, you'll still find, you'll still find, somebody will still find things, you know, they'll still find those things that slip through because you read them so many times, right? Like it just becomes your, your vision actually just sort of skips over those mistakes after a while. So I always think it's important to hire a proofreader. So I, I say if you're going to self-publish or independently publish your, yourself, um, you know, there there is going to be expenses of hiring editor and proofreader. And, you know, unless you're really talented cover artist, I always hire a cover artist because I'm not artistically inclined. Um, I mean, I doodle some scratches on my on a paper and send it to my guy and say, this is sort of what's in my head. And then he he does wonderful things to make it happen, but I would not be able to do that. Right. So, I mean, I kind of have my head what I want, but I don't know how to achieve it. It's just, I don't have that, um, that artistic um, ability. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think people, they think probably a big misconception is that, Oh, it's anybody can self publish. It's easy to do. Mm, yeah. I guess you could just flip, flip your book onto Amazon and, you know, not have, not have it edited and just use one of their covers or whatever. But you know, I mean, you know, are you going to sell any books? And, and then people say, well, I get 100% of, you know, I get 100% of the royalties. Yeah, but, you know, 100% of nothing is still nothing, right? So. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> well, I've sold one book, so <laughs> I got $2. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I, so I, I think sometimes people, I, I know when I, I taught this course in Barrie, Ontario, and, uh, the one guy he was had written a book on training horses. I guess that's what he was—a horse trainer. And um, he'd done all kinds of work on it and everything. And then uh, I said, "Well, you're going to hire an editor." And he goes, "Oh no!" He goes, "Like, isn't that expensive?" And I said, "Well, yeah, it could be like a thousand bucks, could be more." But um, and he goes, "Well, I'm not going to pay that." And I, I, he, I, I said, "Well, like, they they have families." too right they have houses to pay for heat hydro whatever right like they, they they've been educated to do this it's a job like you can't expect them to do it for nothing but uh you know i mean, it's funny eh? like people don't necessarily place a value on it and yet i think it's one of the most important parts of uh, making sure that what you put out there is good yeah even published even even editors need love too right yes absolutely <laughs> 
Well, they, they, the, the whole business is kind of crazy. Do you, do you like the business the way it is right now? Do you think it's a good thing to get into for people? I I think it, it is if you're realistic. Like I, I keep hammering that home and throughout the whole book, I hammer that manage your expectations. Um, if you manage your expectations, like to me personally, uh, I wake up every day so grateful that this is what I do for a living. And I'm very lucky that I actually can earn a modest living. And I do stress modest. I'm not buying a Chateau in France anytime soon. Um, but, oh. uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't afford to live in BC. You know? <laughs> yeah. Bring cash. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones that I've, I can, I earn a modest living from it, but not, not everybody does that. But I, I mean, I love I love it. Like I, I can't imagine, um, you know, I've had other jobs and I haven't liked them very well. I've had other jobs that have paid much more, um, but never made me nearly as happy. So Tim Hortons. <laughs> did work at Tim's. I did get fired as a waitress once, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like I had only one day on the job and they fired me. <laughs> Um, but I worked as, I was a credit manager for years, you know, like I worked, um, in, for an insurance company, large insurance company. And then I worked for a, a glass manufacturing company. And then I worked for a high end office manufacturing company as, you know, and, and credit and collections and, um, forecasts and sales things. And uh, yeah, I did all of that. So, you know, real corporate, corporate stuff. And, uh, you know, I did really well. I made a lot of money. I, I never liked it. But, you know, it, I just finally one day said, I, I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't care about the money. And that's when I went and uh, started doing the, the freelance journalism. And that worked out really well. And then started writing books. And that's been working out. So, uh, but I, I maybe coming from a business background, I've, I treat it like a business. And I think you have to, like, as much as I love the process, the creative process, making stuff up or, you know, researching. I love that part. Um, I never forget that it's a business. Well, if you want to make money, you have to do it that way. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I know when I was a stripper, I didn't, and I blew all my money. <laughs> and, and and now I'm too old to strip, so I have to rely on writing. So yeah. I have to treat it like a business. You do, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think people realize that they think it's glamorous. Um, you know, people go, oh, that must be so glamorous. And I'm like it's not glamorous at all. Like, I mean, you're, you're by yourself in your room, you know, making stuff up for six, seven, eight hours a day. Uh, it's not glamorous, right? It's hard work. It's hard. Work. And sometimes you can, you know, some days it's great. Some days you can sit down and, you know, within an hour you've got, you know, a thousand words written and it's, and you're like, ah, oh, this is great. And other days you can be like, you know, take a comma, out, put a comment in. <laughs> Take a comment out, put a comment yep. in, right? And at the end of the day, you you know, maybe you start it with, you know, 1,500 words and you're down to like 1,200 because you lost 300 because you realized that 300 was just a bunch of padding just to, you know, cut the day before you thought you were brilliant. <laughs> and now you realize, yeah, maybe not so much. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't think people realize how, how, how much work it is or how, how, um, challenging it can be but on the other hand i think it's a wonderful way to um to spend your life right i mean i just i feel really really fortunate to have um the ability to do it yeah and and you know the new world with amazon i guess really anybody can do it yeah right yeah i, I don't mean, think anybody can do it and, and treat it like like 
I think there's, I think part of the problem with making it too easy, i.e. it just sort of whipping your book out there and who cares is that, um, that you're, then you're not treating it like a business, right? You're just treating it as like a, a hobby, um, or such as something like sort of an ego booster or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's ego for the most part. It's something they can post. You know, you see people that, you know, they, they write a 40-page book and and they put it, you know, it's some sort of book on a mystery, but they put it under, you know, the basking, bas- <laughs> some some basket-weaving category in Amazon, and they post, look, number one new release. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and, you know. And it's, you know it's ego yeah part of it is i think part of it is and then part of it is just like you can't imagine wanting to do anything else right i mean i think there are people that are just that's you know they they have to they have to write that's what's in their dna kind of thing right um and so i sort of put myself in that category because even you know when i was you know doing the whole corporate stuff i was always writing something not that i i never sent it anywhere did anything with it but I was always you know like from the time I was a kid I was always making up stories and writing stories I mean that's who I am right? I can't imagine not doing that you're writing bad things about your bosses probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to do that on a time on, yeah. on occasion yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I see this is guide book one so what's the deal here How, what you're going to do more more in the series yeah here? so it's going to be two um in the series so I'm actually about three quarters of the way through the second book will come out this fall. Um, it's on self-publishing. So it's really, so well, finding your path to publication goes through five types of publishing. So it goes through tr- uh, big five uh, independent publishers, self-publishing hybrid and social publishing like Wattpad, Inkit, that kind of thing. Um, and so, that's it's sort of an overview of each one of those and plus you know some business basics and editing the types of editing and understanding royalties goes through all of that the self-publishing book it drills it down further so it's going to say okay you know it'll explain ingram spark in more detail draft to digital in more detail kobo in more detail so it goes into all that in more detail it goes into advertising and promotion in a lot more detail because as an as a, as a self-published author, it's all on you, 100% on you, right? So I touch on advertising and promotion in Finding Your Path because it is definitely part of the life. But in the self-publishing book, it's a much bigger hunk because it, it's much more important um, that you get that right. Uh, so there's, so there, it's just going to be a little bit much more detailed. So um, Finding Your Path is round four. 40,000 words, and I think the self-publishing is going to land at around 50,000. So it'll be even, you know, it'll be, it'll be really an in-depth look where if you want to self-publish, if you buy that book, you can basically follow it and it will definitely, and, and if you follow the steps, you'll be able to set up your book at all these different places and you'll be able to, you know, understand how to market it and how to go about doing the various steps. So it, it really is almost like a hand-holding in a way, whereas the finding your path is more of here's what you can expect from these different paths, but it doesn't get into the hand-holding part. It's basically, it doesn't even make recommendations. It says, here's what you can expect. You decide what's right for you, right? Whereas self-publishing yours, I'm assuming that that's the route you want to go, and so I'm going to tell you what you need to do to make 
to to do it and and make it as easy as possible for you. And I think that that will be important because um, there's an author, Brenda Chapman, and she has written several books, but she she was with Dundurn and decided to self-publish. And um, and so with her first book, which came out last year, Blind Date, she asked me if I would help her with the process. And I honestly was shocked at how, how much um, she didn't understand because I guess... I guess I, I I learned it along the way, but I'm also the sort of person that I, if I don't know something, I don't ask somebody else. I try to figure it out myself, research it until I get the answer. You know, that's who I am. I'm just, and I think that comes from the journalism, right? Like you just have to, you need to figure something out. You know, you gotta you gotta dig until you get the answer, right? Where she was more like, I don't understand this. What do I do now? Um, and I think more people are like her than me, right? So. Um, yeah. I, so I, I think the self-publishing book will be, again, it, it's keeping it real. Like, I mean, I'm going to make sure that people understand the statistics of what your odds are of earning back your, your investments in editing and cover art and formatting. If you don't do your own formatting and that sort of thing. And I go into options of how you can do your own formatting and all of that. Um, so we'll see it's going again. I'm working with Emily on it and it's going really well. Uh, so I figure I actually will have it that the first draft complete by uh, May 1st, but from the first draft, then of course I have to read it. It's not really like a first draft of a, uh, say a, a fiction novel because these are all facts. So, and it's already kind of gone through the editing because every week I send her something, she send it, sends it back with notes. And then I sort of go through the next version of it. Right. And some, in some cases I've sent it back a section back to her like four times. So it's had like four drafts kind of thing. Right. So, so it's not really a first draft. It's at least a second draft, but it, even in some cases a third, but still it needs to you know, go through it again and I'll get, you know, a couple beta readers to go through it and tell me what they think. And then I'll, um, I'll get my other editor in on it to look at it and et cetera. So, you know, it's a bit of a process. So I don't have a firm date. It, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not just going to say it's going to be September one, cause it might not be ready. September one it might be November one, right? It'll be, I'm hoping. Well, I can't fall. wait. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to get my book published? Yeah, well, you're going to find out, right? So hopefully, anyway, so hopefully that uh, it's coming along and it's, it's uh, again, even though it's a path that I've taken, I've learned a lot um, in the writing of it because, um, you know, they're just, you know, as you're digging, right, um, you start realizing, oh, I, I didn't even know that myself, right? I mean, I, I thought I was pretty pretty new mostly everything about it but i i've kind of realized oh there's a couple things here that i i didn't really realize or i could have done better um so you know so it's been a bit of a process for me as well but anyway it's 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 keeping me out of trouble which is i guess um you know the main thing that's no fun (laughs) (laughs) so now do you have a website like where do people find where do they find judy like where's judy lurking so i'm at judypenshellick.com so that should be easy to find and uh, finding your path to publication is available in um, digital so ebook trade paperback hardcover and uh, large print and i am 
looking into the audiobook version, but that will take some time because I have to find a narrator and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and trade paperback. Ooh. Trade paperback. So those, the trade paperback is six by nine is the standard size. Um, un, unlike those little small, you know, pocket paperbacks that are, you know, the writing's like so small you can't read it. Um, so, yeah. So, that, so there's lots of versions. And, and I, I thought hard copy, hardcover. I don't, I've, I haven't done any of my other books in hardcover, but I thought this would be a good one because I, I could see it work well in libraries and they like hardcover books, right? Just by virtue of the fact that they, they stand up a bit better than, than paper over time. Right. So I thought, uh, I thought I would try the hardcover and see it's, it's like the case laminate. It's not like doesn't have a dust cover or any of that stuff, but uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic and I hope it helps. Uh, it helps, helps people. That's all, you know, that's the main the main goal. I mean, it would be great if it sold like a million copies. <laughs> yeah, then you'd be a millionaire. Then I'd be a millionaire. But um, you know, I'm not. I'm not convinced that this type of book is the type of book that's going to become, you know, um, a million seller. But I do think it's. I do think it's a good book, and I think it was. Uh, it's worth. Uh, it was worth my my time too. You should. You should have had a chapter on sex in it, and then it would sell a million, right? <laughs> the R-rated. Well, you know, version. one thing, I, one fact that I did learn um, in this was that, um, like, self a self published a book that was self published was originally was Fifty Shades of Grey, and it yeah. sold so well yeah. that a like a big five grabbed it up, right? Um, so it can happen in another book that um, that was self-published that made it big was Still Alice by uh, Lisa Genova. It's a phenomenal book. It's, it's older now. They made it into a movie with Julianne Moore. She was really good in that role. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't I didn't realize that those books had started off. So, you know, so, you know, one question might be if I self-publish, will I ever, you know, will I ever get picked up by a big five? Well, chances are not so great, but. Here are two examples where it happened, right? So I guess, the, the you know, I, I try to put examples in there to show people this is what can happen, but realistically, it's not likely to happen. Doesn't mean no, it will not happen, right? So. Right. Well, yeah, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's been a pleasure. So uh, the book, of course, is Finding Your Path to Publication. It's a step-by-step guide. Book one, Judy Penn Sherlock. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Al. Thank you, David. Thanks, Judy. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.